It's the WOCast and you have to take a listen Full of insight that you may be missing in the WOCast Always giving you the blueprint, different interviews Plus bringing you exclusives, the WOCast We provide you with the coverage, gym to the cage Worldwide we got you covered with the WOCast If you snooze you lose For all your MMA news and views it's the WOCast Powered by WOTV.com With your host, Michael Morgan and Mike Deep WOCast Always making trouble Mother lovers. Hi, Mike Morgan, and welcome to this week's episode of the WoeCast. Joined as always by my brother from another mother, Mike Diggy. That's right, the mother lover, Mike Diggy. What's going on, Mike, man? How are you? Well, you tell me. You tell me. As usual, I can see you jet setting here, you're jet setting there. What's been going on with yeah, you? Yeah, uh, I've been actually. I've been taking a bit easy, man. I've been um, working on some new material now, as well as promoting. This is for the, the album. Um, yeah, the album. So okay. it's been working on. I got some more videos coming, uh, CDs, T-shirts, and vinyl, and all that in the in the prep. So uh, yeah, man, excited times for me. <laughs> nice, Hectic, nice, but nice. Excited, you know what I mean? Well, obviously, it being fight week, I've been deeply entrenched in yeah. the fight night one four seven build up. Well, I was gonna say, um, man, like you're talking about me being busy. I see you've been busy, man. I see you've been uh, hanging out at the Hilton Hotel. That. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for me, it being, depending on which uh, way you actually cut it or slice it or even look at it, mm. UFC London or Fight Night 147 goes down this coming Saturday, Saturday the 16th of March. Yeah. Now, for me, it's stacked, but it's stacked with Brit talent, and it's stacked with talent which I think, for a long time in coming, is really, really appreciated. I don't know about you, but a lot of the time these cards come over here, a lot of people complain and say, oh, well, it's time they looked after us, it's time they looked out for us, it's time they actually put on something that, you know, we would really appreciate. I think they've gone above and beyond this mm. time round. Definitely. I think also what I find really interesting about this London card is that um, there are quite a few names that we've come to know off the back of uh, UK cards, like UFC um, UK cards, you know, with the likes of like um, Arnold Allen and obviously Jack Marshman. There are certain people that and Danny Roberts, there are certain names that I'm seeing where it's like now it feels like because you've seen their names so m many times on different cards, not just UK cards, but obviously global as well. But now it yeah. feels like the card is even bigger because they're more, um, I, I guess, household names to a, lot, to a lot more people than before. It's like, OK, if you're a hardcore head, you remember this guy from Cage Warriors or that guy, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's made it uh, an even more interesting card as well. I mean, obviously, the main and co-main event is uh, something to look forward to. But man, the prelims have got some burners on there as well, man. <laughs> indeed, so, yeah. indeed. Now, just before we get into it, I just want to break down in terms of the format of the show. Mm. First of all, I think that um, it will be remiss of me not to actually mention we have a new association and that is Bipolar UK. Bipolar UK basically mm. looks after those who, through, you know, obviously no fault of their own, are in a situation where their mood fluctuates, mm. whether it's a high mood or whether it's a low mood, it's a mental illness. Now, Bipolar UK basically look after those or look out for the issues and um, support those with bipolar. Mm. So what 
kind of resonates with me is the fact that there's a nice, I would say, segue or even tie-in with what's happening in terms of mixed martial arts. There's a lot of mixed martial artists out there, regardless of which promotion that they're fighting on, actually deal with um, some of the characteristics, some of the symptoms, some of the attributes of bipolar, whether that be stress, anxiety, depression. A lot of uh, fighters I've been speaking to of late, you know, people like... Um, Tom Breeze, mm. he had a, a crushing anxiety attack in one of his last um, fights on fight day, I do wow. believe it uh, actually occurred. And he actually pulled out because of that anxiety. Oh. The same being with Aaron Chalmers. Now, not necessarily in the fight arena, but in the run up to that, just uh, in the midst of all of his um, celeb goings on when he was on um, Geordie Shaw. Mm -hmm. Basically, he was going through crushing anxiety there. And it just seems like it's more prevalent, it's more prominent, and it's more widespread than, you know, people give it credit for. Definitely. I mean, when you think of um, bipolar as an illness, when you think of how many people actually affects, we're looking at over a million people in the UK alone. Mm. It just shows you it's more common than not. And I think as well, many people don't actually know this in terms of um, some of the characteristics. Um, suicidal ideation is one of the things which, you know, effectively um, is part and parcel in many cases of those actually going through bipolar mm. as well as that. Wow. Um, there, there is uh, th this, this notion from um, those who are, how can I put it, not so educated that mental illness is something that you can just um, shrug off, you can just up your socks you can just pull yourself together no you're looking at a lifelong in certain cases and debilitating illness so yeah, i'm definitely. proud that you know there is an alignment now with bipolar uk in terms of giving the prominence and giving it more of a platform and making the conversation actually happen yeah. around men mental illness because it's time that the stigma was stopped and i think through conversation through more dialogue and actually you know basically raising more awareness mm. of what organizations like bipolar do i think that will actually end the stigma so i feel at polar uk um, i have to say is uh, an, a nice fit when you think of how it actually affects yeah. mixed martial artists with regards to mel mental 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 illness yeah definitely man i could totally understand that and, and especially I, I think it's quite enlightening for people to understand that um these guys that we see in the cage um, you know, doing the sort of things that we, you know, we'd never dare to do. Um, yeah. Let alone, you know, them going for, to train, um, you know, nearly every day of the week, two or three times a day. Um, we all think that for them, it, it must be quite simple to just walk into a cage and fight somebody for money. But there's a whole lot more to it. Obviously, so much on the line. Um, your life, mm -hmm. let alone, you know, your family, um, close ones, your coaches. So, you know, if you take all of that into account, uh, it's, it's not surprising that people would suffer from such anxiety because it's just to put yourself out there for the world to see you um, doing all of that. You know, that must be, I can't even imagine, <laughs> you know, you've got millions of people watching you and now you're, you're, you're already saying to people like, I'm going to win this fight. Um, so I think for people that do suffer, uh, you know, just folk that don't fight or whatever, it, it must help them to see that, uh, okay, you're not the only ones that are suffering like this. It doesn't, exactly. it doesn't mean you're weak. It just means that, you know, it's a way of understanding something 
uh, the best you can and uh, organizations like this being out there um, to help people definitely like you said it, it helps raise the conversation the conversation whenever people say that is because we don't it's the ignorance that kind of has people look at things in the wrong way or not understand things as long as there's a conversation and people are out there listening then we can get rid yeah. of any ignorance and people can understand more like oh wow so maybe this is how i can help you know what i mean so yeah it's really a good thing man which neatly segues into this week's ufc card Ooh. now just to break down in terms of the format what's going to be occurring on this episode we're going to look at the card from top to bottom one of the standouts for me and has got me particularly excited is the matchup between John Phillips and Jack Marshman. Mm. Call it the battle of the Welsh. Call it the battle for Welsh supremacy. Yeah. Call it the battle for the, the title, title of the man. hardest man yeah, in Wales. Yeah. There you go. Definitely. There you go. Now, I spoke to both of them uh, exclusively and those interviews will be discussing um, after we've actually broken down or had a look, a detailed look at the card. So without further ado, I guess let's just kick off the prelims. Now, first up on the prelims, who we got? So first up on the prelims, we've got Mike Grundy versus um, Nad uh, Narimani. I think I remember Nad Narimani, but I can't remember um, if it was like uh, one of the smaller um, promotions. But I feel like I've watched him live for some reason. Nad Narimani was um, on Cage Warriors mm. and it was the Cage Warriors, uh, it was his last um, show in on or showing on Cage Warriors that catapulted him into the UFC. And, you know, I think in terms of um, this end of the card, you may actually recognize Mike Grundy again from the regional circuit. Mm. He um, appeared on, you know, such shows as Bama. And um, what we're looking at now, really in effect, is really Bama versus Cage Warriors. Yeah, now, yeah, for me, yeah. um, I, I, I'm pretty swayed by the fact that Mike Grundy comes from very good wrestling stock. Mm. But as well as that, um, he's one of Calbon's, um well, biggest and brightest prospects. And he's training alongside people like Darren Till. Mm. So I'm quite inclined to favour you know, Mike Grundy to actually take this, considering, you know, he is actually coming from such good stuff. Is that stock. off the back of the wrestling, then you'd say he, he's more likely to take it? Or? Well, see, I, I'm, I'm leaning that way. But, you know, I have to say, you know, Nad Narimani, he can actually mix it up ever so slightly. Whereas I do see that Mike Grundy's game is a little bit one-dimensional. He's coming to wrestle. He's coming to actually control. He's coming to actually dominate. Whereas, you know, for me, whilst his stand-up isn't phenomenal, Nad Narimani can mix it up on the feet as well as on the ground. Now, don't get me get me wrong. I mean, his, his ground game is phenomenal. But I'm inclined just to go with... Mike Grundy, to be honest with you, only because of where he's coming from. Having seen what these Cowboy soldiers go through, having seen the preparation, having seen, you know, um, athletes under the tutelage of um, head coach down there, Colin Heron, you, you'd be, I don't know, it'd be hard pressed to actually pick against Mike mm, Grundy. I hear that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. So Nad uh, is 12-2. And zero and Mike is eleven one zero 
So obviously Nader's got a little bit more experience, but you know it's not enough to say that he'll uh, he'll steam steamroll him. So uh, yeah, that should be interesting. Definitely. What I like about this as well, I mean, it's near enough an even contest. You're right, Nad Narimani is 12-2 and, and zero, and Mike Grundy is 11-1 and zero. Now the way that I look at it, though. Um, I think the pressure obviously will be on Mike Grundy to overcome the finite jitters, to overcome the debut jitters. He's no longer on a smaller regional show. He's basically on the big show. Mm, true. Um, and from what I can see, um, it looks like Nad has been on... He's, so he's been on two cards. No wonder then. He's been on two UFC cards so far. So he's probably got a bit more of the oxygen, uh, oxygen, the octagon jitters out of the way. If there, if there is such a thing, I mean, you know, I mean, one of, one of the fighters uh, later on the card could prove <laughs> that might not be a thing. But yeah, he seems to, obviously having two fights in, uh, be in a sort of better place when it comes to like the lights and uh, and everything else as opposed to Mike Grundy. But I'm sure that uh, Mike Grundy's ready for this, you know, like... I, so, so you're picking Grundy as well? I'm going to go with what you say because you know these fighters better than me. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like, yeah, yeah, I know who's going to win on this one. Um, but I, mm. I think, like, in, in t for me, I'd say Nad, because he's had a couple more um, fights in the, in the octagon. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the sort of thing. And also, he's uh, got the experience. He's had two wins as well in mm. the UFC. So, you know, it's not going to be as, um, to, for lack of a better word, daunting for him to step in the cage, you know, Um yeah, it should be interesting though. So who we got next? Molly McCann, uh, seven two and zero against Priscilla Cachoeira. Now both of these are coming off like savage mm. losses. Both of which, you know, looked well, made them look ever so slightly um, subpar. Yeah. Now for me, I think that Molly McCann is definitely definitely on the back foot here in that she's actually admitted openly that the UFC, this is what she said in her previous interview, the UFC, UFC have basically said to her if you can't get through this opponent, mm. then you'll be cut. Essentially, you'll be given your walking papers if you can't get through Priscilla Cachoeira. Now, that to me is immense pressure to be going into a fight considering you're coming off uh, quite a savage loss. But as well as that, you know, uh, to, to a certain extent, um, she, how can I put it, is not necessarily one-dimensional. You know, she she doesn't look horrible on the ground, but it's clear that stand-up is her thing. So what I'm really hoping for, because I'd like to see, you know, Molly McCann stick around ever so slightly uh, in the UFC. What I'm really hoping for, my heart says a Molly McCann win but my head says Patricia, uh, Priscilla Cachoeira because if I remember rightly um, if I remember rightly the last time she was in action was against uh, Valentina Shevchenko now from when you pair those two together Valentina yeah. Shevchenko is of a different exactly. caliber different stock now losing to Valentina Shevchenko Really and truly, there's no shame in that. So that's why I'm thinking, perhaps, perhaps because of the savagery in which um, she actually, you know, bowed out from that fight, 
Perhaps it was obviously to do with the level, the step up in opponent because Valentina Shevchenko, you know yourself, is nah, no she's joke. she's definitely no joke. And, and that's what I was going to say is that, you know, her loss, her last loss was to um, Valentina Shevchenko. So it kind of makes sense that, um, you know, she, she wouldn't feel, this, this girl is a champion now. Do you know what I mean? So I don't think I feel like Priscilla's had more than just that that last fight though in the UFC. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, no, I was, talk, talk, I was talking about her mm. losses. I mean, you know that that is a massive loss to be coming off that being your yeah. last. Yeah, it's a big loss, but she she's scrappy, man. That that she definitely fights, and she's not one, as one as one dimensional as Molly is. I know exactly what you're saying about Molly. Yeah. She's more of a boxer. Um, she she will sort of go to the ground and try and get some ground and pound out, but she's definitely more about sort of strong. She's quite a big um, girl for her divisions, so she's she's very much into sort of um, just overpowering and hitting, yeah, bullying, bullying them on, on the, the feet, feet getting, getting her punches in, but mm. it does feel like that's all you ever sort of see, um, which is sad because she seems yeah. like she's very much game to, to, to scrap um, anywhere, but it's like, it feels like people who are probably a little bit more... Um, savvy will take advantage of that you know um for me i'm leaning mm. more to priscilla just because i know she's she's very much game you know she seems like she don't feel paid at all and uh i know <laughs> molly uh, struggles a bit with the weight cut and also because of that she tends to um struggle in the later rounds uh, and i you know mm. kind of see that happening i hope it doesn't because i'd like to see her um, stay in the UFC but you know they've given her another chance and if it doesn't work out I'm sure that all she's got to do is just go uh, and tighten up her game a bit and they'll have her back because um, you know they. but that's just it you say have her back it's very rare I've not seen it an awful lot it's very rare when the UFC tell you oh go back and you know have a look at what you did wrong and uh, get a few wins under your belt. It's very rare for them to take you back. Look at Carlos Fomola. They've literally just rocked up in the Czech Republic. Um, when, uh, where was it? It was Prague, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was Prague that they, they, they literally have just come from. And there was no sign of uh, Carlos Fomola. But yet, since leaving the UFC, I'm sure he's something like eight wins mm. deep. Eight wins. Mm, how Deep. is he winning? Is are they finishes or is it decisions? Is it exciting or? Now, now you got me. Um, if I remember rightly, it's there's a com there's a combination of um, decisions and uh, emphatic finishes. But you you you'd have to kind of like um, you'd have to kind of like um, look at the fact that he's conspicuous by his absence yeah, is what yeah, I'm saying. True. The fact is, he's got eight wins. He's got eight wins where they usually take you, tell you to go away and get just a couple or even, sorry, usually the, the form is to get three wins and then they'll, you know, um, yeah. look at you Maybe again. Maybe he was injured. Was it, eight wins is a lot. He wasn't injured. Has, has he said anything like, wow, they didn't shout me even though I was, uh, I was available? Because, you know, there's a lot of these sort of things that happen and we never realise like, oh, wow, they're, you know, they were pregnant. <laughs> we, don't know. we don't know what's going on, you know. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um, there, there was a period where he was injured. If I remember rightly, it was Jack Hermanson he lost to and it was Jack Hermanson who snapped his arm. 
but we're looking at about four fights ago or mm, even nothing. longer than that it was yeah. a while so to be fair um it's a bit of a mystery to me mm, to be honest with you knows. um but I, I i feel like i mean to my point is just that i feel like molly she's got a name out there she's got a crowd as well that, that follow her so uh, you know, and I, I'm sure if she, if she did the right thing, even if she lost this and then just kind of got whatever she needed to get together, I'm sure they'd have her back. I could, you know, man, look how many fights they gave Artem, man. <laughs> you know, this guy had to literally ask them to leave. He had to ask them to leave. <laughs> mm, yeah, but it's a different kettle of fish. I mean, I have to say... Artem, when you think about it in mobster terms, he's a made guy. He's rolling with one of the Dons, and Dons recognise Dons. But um, I, I suppose the reason why I, I, I've got um, a little bit of a, of a, a bias to Carlos Mola, I mean, just carrying on the whole Czech um, mm. uh, angle and uh, the fact that they were in Prague is, you know, Carlos, um, when I started 10 years ago, 10 years wow. this year, by the way, you wait to be 10 years, old now when i started um he was the first person who granted me an interview and it was through his management that i started to get like other work mm. don't get me wrong um jimmy manuel actually played quite a pivotal part in giving me access and introducing me to people and um giving me access mm. to him and his life but it was carlos Fomola who was the, the catalyst for piquing my interest to think you know what this could just work now, moving on, Danny Henry versus mm. Dan Ige. I have to say, um, I'm not really too familiar with Dan mm. Ige's work. Uh, I know that for a long while, um, there was a campaign going to get Danny Henry in the UFC. I do believe that the, um, uh, him being from Scotland, there was a, mm. a major push. And um, okay, this isn't going to be his first rodeo in the, in the UFC, but it, it's good to see that um, you know he, he's actually getting a little bit busy and actually getting getting in work. I'm going with Danny Henry only because um, of the hype train which actually followed him into the UFC. That's the only reason why I'm going in nice. with Danny All Henry. Right. So, looking at his record, um, so Danny Henry, ah, oh, he's the guy that beat Hakim Dawadu, Dawadu not too long ago. So, yeah, in that case, He's definitely dangerous. Um, he's also, he beat Daniel Tamer. That's um, David's brother, right? Um, Daniel Tamer. Yeah. Um, and he's quite game as well. I do know Danny Ige is definitely, a, uh, he's a scrappy fighter. Um, he likes to have quite a bit of fun in the cage. Because I remember his win over that Mike Santiago. But it was quite a quick finish. And... Um, so yeah, that's quite a tricky one for me to pick, but I think I'll lean towards Dan Ige just for the sake of us uh, doing these picks and see who wins. <laughs> mm -mm. Well, put it this way: you you probably um, are not. Uh, how can I put it? Uh, it? It's not a ridiculous pick because Dan Ige, you might remember him. He he was on the the contender series, and. The, the, the only reason why I'm kind of like leaning towards Danny Henry, not just because of the hype, is that I do feel that Danny Henry has fought mm. better levels of opponent. Seeing the type of people that, um, you know, 
Dan Ige has actually come up against. Danny Henry is, uh, you know, he's coming through uh, a better mm. level of opponent in terms of those he's fought. I love it when that happens. You get someone fresh coming into the UFC um, against someone who's, you know, done done pretty well in there. And it's always a one. That, there's always that thing. Okay, are they ready for UFC level? This is the test right here. Um, so it's always interesting, man. That first fight for a guy in the UFC. Mm. Next um, up, so who next we got? Up, who have we got? We got Tom Breeze uh, versus Ian Heinrich. Mm. Man, Oof. you see, for me, I like the fact that Tom Breeze has actually fought through adversity he's fought through injury and he's mm. fought through anxiety and it looks as though his mind's in the right place to you know secure what i feel could be mm. quite an emphatic win for him because don't get me wrong he's had a massive layoff he's been out of the cage for quite a while but i do like the fact that he's almost a personification of um those people battling mental illness he's refusing to lay down and say i'm going to let this defeat me he's refusing to let it actually um stigmatize um him as a fighter and for people you know not to take him seriously and i think that you know a win here for tom Brees is a mm. win for mental health and mental health stigma yeah, definitely he, he, having to de dealt with all of that but um i, I can see exactly what mm. you mean but i will say man ian heinish he's game bruv that guy's game. Um, Not only is he game, he's got an incredible backstory, a drug deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, I heard that he was actually, um, he was courted by Hollywood. A lot of people um, would have heard the story that, you know, he did time on Rikers Island. He was a drug mule. And uh, he was actually approached to, um, or by Hollywood producers, directors, to actually do a story of his life. He's just had an extraordinary so, I life. mean, obviously, he's been through a lot as well, then. So, <laughs> you're talking like that. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, just off the, I've only seen him fight twice. Um, it was, like, his intro on the um, Contender series, and then, uh, who was it? He fought, oh, yeah, Cesar Ferreira. Yeah, and, and even to beat Cesar, you know, not many people do that um, off the back of a decision, especially. So it's tricky for me to say this is going to be a breeze for Tom. Do you like that one there? Again, I think Heinish might take this, but I hope I'm wrong. Do you know what I mean? For the sake of uh, what you were speaking about uh, before. So you want me to try and say these names? Are you serious? All right, so we got Nicole. <laughs> you know, it's, that's, that's what you think. You, you, you think I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to say right, these I'm going to try. Because you know how I struggle with I love this, already. Yeah, he, his real name... You know, his real name is really hard to say, but his nickname is Nick. <laughs> so, <laughs> Nicole Nick Negumareno. Negumareno. Romanian name. That's a beautiful name, isn't it? Negumareno. Mm. Um, man. You said that beautifully, man. I'm glad <laughs> you're saying it. Nikolai Negumareno. Yeah, oh, I can say it. Wow. And this is his UFC <laughs> debut from the looks of it. Um, but who's he up against? He's up against Safarabek Safarov. See, I've got to be announced. Black Bruce Buffer is coming, man. you got to tell them, Mike. Black Bruce yeah. Buffer is coming. Safarabek Safarov! See there? 
somewhere. <laughs> um, so this guy, he's on a two-fight losing streak, though. Um, um, both in the UFC as well. So I can imagine he might have been sent that red letter saying, bruh, if you ain't, yeah. <laughs> if you ain't winning this next fight, you might be done. Um, it's always interesting to see how people have lost. Like his last loss was um, uh, Kimura submission, and the one before that was a TKO, um, and that was by G- Gian Vilante. Um, still, it's a few years ago. Anyway, that's three years ago. His last fight though in the UFC was uh, February last year, um, so he hasn't been in for a while. Um, I'm guessing maybe the arm had to heal up and whatnot, but that's quite quite some time yeah. out of the out of the cage. Uh, in my opinion, and then you, mm. and it, no, you're right. Yeah, it's a long and then you're also fighting a guy who's on a. I mean, yeah, he hasn't lost a fight yet, so he's on a nine-fight win streak, mm. um, and it's his UFC debut. These are the sort of fights I'm talking about, man. Where it's like one guy's fighting to stay in the UFC, and another guy's fresh yeah. coming in looking to take over. Um, so this is going to be really interesting. You know. If, if there were a narrative, you've hit on something incredibly profound there. If there was a narrative mm. for this, it would be fighting for mm. their careers. There's so many people up and down the card. I mean, we're going to yeah. come on to some of them in just a moment who are literally fighting yeah, for their career. Um, so I, on this one, I think I'll prick Nicole. I'll just call him Nick, man. It's a lot easier. I, I'm going to go for Nick because I, I feel he's going to come in there hungry as a mother lover. And uh, yeah, sparks will be flying. <laughs> See, I, I would have gone with Nikolai. Yeah, that's, that's how I'm that's, reading that. That's who I'm picking. Neg- Nikolai, that's who I'm picking, man. And mm, uh, mm. Saparabek, he's but, the guy who's on a two-fight losing streak, um, but hasn't yeah. been in there for a year. Mm. Not... I've just recognised um, Saparabek. Do you remember? It was quite quite a few months ago. Um, I retweeted two fighters facing off now one gives a little tap and the other gives another little tap so they now two taps well one tap a, a piece and then Saparabek almost punches this guy's lights out this is the guy this is the uh, same guy unless he's got a twin this is the what, same was it almost guy like he didn't understand on M1. what was going on or what well, I, I think I think he <laughs> he just lost it. He lost it on the mm. face off, on the face down. He just wow. just lost it. Tricky. He might have been a was it a weight cutting <laughs> situation? You know, I don't mess with me when I ain't had my breakfast, bro. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is, but that's. I, I was thinking. I know this guy from somewhere. He looks it's so the eyebrows, familiar. Isn't it, mate? And that's, that's did it for you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the same guy. Anyway, moving right, on. Right, man, this one. <clears throat> Mark Jeez, Casey versus Joseph Duffy. It's a tricky one to... Um, it's a tricky one to pick. I, I say that, but at the same time, um, I feel like, you know, either one winning is obviously... Uh, if it happens, I think it's going to be in uh, some crazy fashion. Uh, unfortunately, man, you know, I feel for Mark Jacasey, like, he definitely came in with a lot of hype. Um, it was that thing of, like, okay, you've done all of this so far. Um, now you step up into the big, yeah. big leagues. 
how do you do? His first three fights uh, went well, you know. I, I remember one of them was a bit slow, but it, it went well. I, I wonder whether people sort of um, sort of caught on to, you know, they, they worked out a game plan off the back of that. The Was it Frankie Perez fight? Mm. But then, yeah, after after the his three wins, then he, he just went into three losses, man. A split dif- decision, he got submit- submitted, and then a unanimous decision. And it's pretty sad to see because, like I said, man, there was a lot of hype off, uh, off the back of his um, fights um, to start him off in the UFC. And now we're all wondering, like, okay, does has he worked on what he needs to work on? I just feel like he hasn't been pulling the trigger like you kind of expected him to. You know what I mean? Like he seemed like quite wild and and dynamic before, but then it seemed to, he seemed to turn into game plan to Casey. You know what I mean? I I wonder because he was at American mm. Top Team. I wonder if you know when you're in these fight camps. I wonder if the same people who are coaching you um, in the actual gym are the same people who actually coach you when you actually get octagon side because it just seems as though maybe there might be a disconnect with what he's been told in the mm. gym to what he's been coached when he actually gets down to it because this is what i've heard that he is a killer when he's in the gym but that's not actually been borne out especially in his last um uh three losses now when you think about it like this let's be real here mark i've got a lot of time for him mark dkz uh, and I go back uh, into our Bama days when he, he fought a um, really good friend of mine, mm. Kane Musa. Now, we used to mix it up quite a lot online. So one of my major criticisms of Mark was that his style was boring. He used to go in there and grind people up against the cage and wrestle and really like eke out a decision. And then suddenly he turned into this mm. killer where his hands were just deadly and he was knocking people out of just one shot it's because he changed gyms he went um and he trained i think they were called um asw anyway they turned him into this kind of lethal weapon and then he moved to american top Mm. team so it made me think with that attention that he was getting at asw i think it's counterproductive to actually go to a large gym where you're kind of like a small fish in quite a massive pond but not only that you're vying for attention and are you getting the same attention that you would have obviously at asw so that i think has a lot to play uh, in all of this the amount of coaching and the consistency of coaching i'm guessing is what's kind of like perhaps um played a part in it but as well as that let's be honest when he actually came into the UFC, the opponents he were given, they were quite clearly beatable. They weren't on his level. And he even said it in the, his pre-fight um, interviews, in his pre-fight preambles. And that's yeah, another thing uh, which I want to go uh, on uh, to uh, as well. I understand what you're saying. But Frankie Perez, though. Frankie Perez is definitely... He's uh, great footwork, great on the, uh, great boxing. Like That was a guy that I wouldn't say he was a walkthrough for Mark and he managed to beat him it was still a little bit questionable but he managed to beat him exactly you just hit the nail straight on the head um so yeah I, I, yeah I see what you're saying I mean let's see yeah. how it goes man hopefully Mark can pull it through pull through because obviously if he doesn't um he's out of the UFC but 
at, at the same time, if he doesn't, then maybe he's not meant to be in yet, and he's just got to go back to the drawing board. And I'm sure he could he could definitely be back though, um, because he had a lot of hype around him, man. Uh, you see, you know what? In contradiction to what I said earlier, in that it is very rare. Okay, I'm still standing by that. Mark Diakese is one of these fighters who I could yeah, see going back into man. the UFC only because usually after three losses they cut you. Exactly. That's oh, it, bro. Even three after two, done. sometimes. Man. Now this is. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But he's an exciting come mm. forward fighter. He's got personality, he's marketable. He is very, very UFC savvy in that he knows what they're after and he's giving it to them in spades. Whether it be flashy kicks, whether it be the flashy rhetoric. Not so much in the build up to this fight, I have to say. We are seeing uh, a Mr. Diakazi, I'm calling him. Uh, instead of the bone crusher, which we're used to. Normally, he'd go in there and he'd be chewing his opponent out before he'd actually even um, sign the actual um, bout agreement because that's his style. With this, we've not really heard anything from him. Yeah. And um, I hope he doesn't mind that um, perhaps I might be uh, betraying some confidences here, but um, it would seem, this is what it, it looks like, his interviews have been very few and far between. He hasn't been doing the interview circuit. He certainly hasn't been as verbose and uh, as loud or even as confident in terms of his rhetoric in the lead up to this. And that's because I personally feel that Joseph Duffy is going to be the person who hands mm, him his walking yeah. papers. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised, man. Hopefully not, like I said, because... If Duffy loses, he's you know he's not gonna get kicked out yet. Um, but yeah, I mean if if Mark if he doesn't pull through, you know hopefully he can. I'm pretty sure he can easily go back down to the smaller circuit. Um, you know, go on another five fight, eight fight winning streak, whatever, and and get back in there, man. Um, but let's let's try and shoot through the rest of these because we got there's a lot for people to listen to in it <laughs> today. <laughs> so Arnold Allen versus uh, Jordan Ronaldi for me Arnold Allen Arnold Allen mm. all the way I love saying his name uh, I love the way he fights uh, I love the way he celebrates after <laughs> you know what I mean he's just a fun guy to watch and uh, I wish that he was getting more recognition to be honest man I don't know whether it, he only seems to ever fight um, on these UK cards for the most part it always feels like that yeah it always it feels seem, like that but it would seem that since been signed he's fought what four mm. times i'm sure he was signed in 2015 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And it, it's a, for me it feels like he only fights once a year and it's like this dude is got yeah he's got so much talent but at the same time mike we don't know what, what's going on in his his life day to day maybe he hasn't got time to be um traveling around i'm sure they do offer him fights maybe you know in brazil or Wherever, but he's like, yo, yeah. uh, I'd rather do it here. But yeah, for me, I I'm picking Arnold Allen on that fight. <laughs> yep, same here. I mean, I can't see Jordan Rinaldi actually, you know, standing up to Arnold Allen. He's just phenomenal. I would, you know, Nathaniel Wood is actually rocking the prospect uh, moniker. And I think it's about, it's high time that he handed it over to Arnold Allen. I mean, okay, he's going by almighty Allen, but... Personally, for for me, I, I really do think that Arnold Allen, you know, he is a prospect. Yeah, definitely. Massive man. prospect. All right. And coming up after that, we've got the Welsh title on the line. The Welsh, uh, what is it? The Welsh middleweight title 
on the line with uh, your man Jack Marshman, Jack the Hammer Marshman, against John Phillips. Um, you had a good talk with both of them. It's an opportune time to hear from both men. So first off, here's John Phillips talking to me about what this bout effectively means for him. John, first off, let's just go back to the white Mike Tyson. Whatever happened to that moniker? I like the white Mike Tyson because he was knocking brothers out. I love the white Mike Tyson. Um, unfortunately, uh, the powers that be didn't like the nickname the white Mike Tyson, so I had to change it. And uh, sort of in the rush, I picked off the top of my head the Welsh wrecking machine, but ideally I should have picked the Welsh Mike Tyson, but it is what it is, you know. I think everyone will always know me as the, as the white Mike Tyson. I mean, just on you actually tailoring your, your persona, how much of the white Mike Tyson is still inside the Welsh wrecking machine? Because obviously we know you for your knockout prowess and we haven't obviously seen it of late. What's actually happened in terms of persona? Where is basically the white Mike Tyson gone? I think, you know, some days you're the hammer, some days you're the nail, you know, you're going to have an off day, you're going to have an on day. Unfortunately, I've been lucky, unlucky with my last two fights, but uh, there's always the potential danger there for me to knock people out and uh, I'll be bringing a sat there and chasing a knockout as I do in every fight. But, um, you know, I've had a great camp, I'm fit, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll get the knockout. And just on that camp... SBG, obviously the name which is synonymous with quality when it comes to fighters and fighter pedigree. I take it that you've actually gone back to John Kavanagh and basically looked at what went wrong and tried to rewire what could possibly go right. I mean, just talk me through the whole process of actually going back and sitting down with John. What does that look like? Does that look like a camp in Ireland or does that look like a camp elsewhere? Um... You know, as long as as long as we train and I've got good training partners, you can pretty much have a camp anywhere. Like you know, uh, and the, the first fight in UFC, I was physically prepared, but mentally it was just so overwhelming. And uh, you know, make, make no excuses. I lost on the night, but I I think I just didn't turn up that night. You know, and as stupid as it sounds, I just didn't turn up. And um, that that was a tough pill to swallow. Big big build up to it and obviously a massive low but uh, I'm ready to make up for lost time and uh, you know I train with I go over to Ireland to train or I go to Iceland or wherever as long as I go camp it doesn't matter where I train and John knows I trains hard. What is the difference between training in Iceland and training in Ireland? Obviously the weather but <laughs> is there a different is there a different vibe <laughs> is there a different outlook is there a different sort of feel to the training camp? Um it's just sort of obviously like a fresh, fresh uh, area that you've never been before and just, you know, taking some new things in, maybe some new training partners, picking up some new new tips. Um, but pretty much everyone I trained with in SBG in Ireland went to Iceland. So I just went over to Iceland and had a tidy camp there. Um, but like I said, it doesn't matter really. You can take the tidy group of guys that work around you and you work well with and go anywhere, you know, we could have a camp. Chris, we could have a camp on the beach in, in, in Swansea if we wanted, you know, as long as we've got the right training partners. It doesn't really matter where you go, as long as you've got the right training partners. Now, obviously, on Saturday, you've got Jack Marshman. Now, you and Jack, obviously, have been on 
more or less the same sort of promotions. You've been on the same sort of timeline. Why is it just now, in 2019, we are seeing Jack Marshman versus John Phillips? Um, I don't know. I've obviously asked to fight uh, Jack Marshman before we both got in the UFC. I was uh, Bama World Champion. He was Cage Warrior World Champion. I put a post up asking to, to fight the winner um, of him and Weber had won the title and it, it has never come off. We've been in uh, on the same circuits quite a while and we just, we've just we never matched up really. We tried to get it on a few times, it's never happened. I would have liked to have been um, the, the Marshmallow fight to be my first UFC fight, unfortunately it weren't. Um, it is what it is, you know, I think... Uh, He's been avoiding me, and his team has been avoiding me really on on the on the cards before UFC. And I think they avoid me when I come to UFC. I think they only fancy their chances now, as they they maybe even pushed into a corner. I don't know, but I I think they fancy their chances going off my last fight or on uh, my performance. I come off a couch, fucking 21 days notice. I couldn't do a round on the back, and um, I think they looked at that performance and maybe fought. Yeah, he's beatable, but unbeknown to them, I was, I was, of course I was unbeatable, I was very unfit, but now I'm in, I'm in great shape, so it's going to be good. Now, I know it's an old adage, and I know it's an old cliche, but they say that a wounded animal is a dangerous animal. What is it that we're going to see on Saturday night when you actually take on Jack Marshman, given where you're coming from? And, to boot, you're literally fighting for your career. Yeah, I, I think... Um, both of us are going to go out there and give it everything. You know, Jack is fighting for his career. I'm fighting for my career. He's on three losses. I'm on two losses. We've got to win, you know. We've got to give it everything. It's the unofficial title of Wales as well. Who's the best in Wales. Um, you know, we're going to talk about this fight when we're older. And I, I want to turn around when I'm older and say to my grandkids, I was the best in Wales. I beat that Jack. You know, and I, I'm sure he wants to do the same. So come Saturday night, we're going to go in there and tell them so each other. I'm going to go in there and... You know, kill or be killed. Seriously, try and hurt him, as, as I'm pretty sure he's going to try and do the same to me. Now, I've been following you for a while, since your early Bama days. Now, one thing which kind of strikes me about you, John, is you're very, what's the word, um, respectful of your opponent. You're not a trash talker. Yeah, you want things and you ask for things in terms of opponents, but always in a respectful way. Now, turning your attention to what's actually going to transpire on Saturday, how does this fight finish? I, every fight I go into, I always look for a knockout, so I'd like it to finish with a knockout. I'll be trying to knock Jack out every, every second I'm in there. So, you know, and, and on the respectful side, I think it doesn't cost nothing to be humble. I can, I can, I can talk crap, they can talk crap. We're going to fight at the end of the day, so it's pointless. You know, really get into a slagging battle when we're going to be fighting in a couple of days. So let our actions uh, do, do, the, do the speaking. Now, I, I know it is, again, um, an old cliche, but do you think the pressure is more on you or do you think it's on him, considering the amount of losses in totality that you both have? He seems to be edging more than you. Yeah, I, I think he obviously he's got that little red extra pressure he's got three losses in, on a bounce now I've got two so yeah maybe he's just pinching a little bit extra but the pressure's on both of us we've both got to perform uh, it's both for a title of Wales 
it's, it's gonna be fireworks, man. I see us fight that night. Okay, so that was John Phillips. I have to say, he seemed supremely confident. His demeanor, the way in which he was poised, the way in which he was talking, the way in which he was handling each and every question. Now, bearing in mind that he has effectively, as you've heard, been chasing this fight for years. He seems like a man who's relishing the prospect of finally putting to bed two things. One, what happens when two Welshmen who consider themselves to be the epitome of their game in their region actually meet? But two, it kind of puts to bed the old question which should have been answered many years ago. I mean, what did you make of all of that? Yeah, it, for me, like you're saying, he it was a lot of, um, definitely a lot of, uh, what's the word? Like, he, he, he seemed very confident. Uh, Supremely. In getting this fight. He, he even sounded like, I'm pretty sure he said something about it. the team have been ducking him. Like, he, he's saying he's more or less, that Jack Marshman's been ducking him. Um, he said Jack Marshman and the team was ducking him. Yeah. You know, mm. which was very interesting to hear. Um, obviously, we don't know the ins and outs of what's been going on behind the scenes. But, yeah, it sounds like that this fight was meant to have happened quite a few years ago. Um and now sort of for both of them being on losing streaks in the UFC I mean the the you know it, it seems like this is the, the is it, almost the film has been written like this is the final um, the final curtains about to be drawn and we're going to find out who who stays in the <laughs> in the movie theaters you know what I mean because uh, yeah that, yeah that, again moving with that theme that you know you know I discussed earlier that the theme of this card is loser lo uh, loser leaves town now yeah. you know one of the things which he said off camera which again I hope I'm not betraying any confidences here uh -oh. is that he said he said Mike I forgot to tell you this on camera Marshman's coach actually came to him many years ago and said as long as you and Jack are in the same promotion I will not take a fight or let it uh, or let Jack take a fight with you. Oh right, so those were his words. Oh, so that's that's where the, the the team have been ducking me thing comes from. Then. Yep, precisely that. Yeah. He was being very diplomatic. Wow, that's interesting, man. So I guess when the UFC says you have to do it, there's yeah, you ain't got no choice. I I, I mean, you know, he sounded like. Um, he just sounded like a guy that really wants to set the record straight now and he's been wanting to do this for a while as well. And what what you know what I mean, what better place to do it than in the octagon um on UK soil, you know. Fair enough it's not in Wales, but it's on UK soil and both of them are they really are fighting for their uh their careers here like you like you mentioned uh in the video. Um mm. So it's going to be really interesting. I think, like, um, I think uh, John, he seems like, regardless, you know, he's just he he's always wanted to take this guy's head off. <laughs> so, yeah. So. No, definitely. So definitely. yeah, obviously, it's up to everyone to to uh, you know everyone wants to use their own opinion on this or is supposed to anyway. 
But, um, you know, it'll be interesting. After people hear the next interview, uh, you know, how they feel about it. But I feel like definitely uh, John, he doesn't seem like he's going out there to play. Um, yeah, man. And it's a shame about the white Mike Tyson thing, man. I love the moniker because, as I said to him, you know, from the get-go, and that was one of his most endearing uh, qualities in that every single person he'd go in there just like Mike Tyson he was looking to take their head off mm. and like to take it off in such a savage fashion and it's just a shame that you know I really liked I loved the white Mike Tyson nickname I loved it yeah I guess some people got upset as they do nowadays <laughs> so <laughs> somebody's gonna get upset about it stupid but I, I liked when he said oh I should have just went with Welsh Mike Tyson it's like, yeah, man, you know what I mean? Like, who's going to get offended now, isn't it? I think it's nice to segue then into what Jack had to say. I mean, you know, I think it, 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 will, it will make for interesting listening. Jack, I said exactly the same to John Phillips. This, I feel, is the people's main event. This, I feel, gives you, or even John, if he wins, bragging rights. I mean, what does it mean to you? Oh, so yeah, it means a lot to me. Every win means a lot, but, you know, me and John, you know, you say we got history, we, you know, it's a bit more banter than anything, but um, I'm, 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 I'm confident that, uh, you know, just going out again to win, I'll cement myself as I am the best middleweight coming out of Wales, and, you know, that's what I really do feel like. Again, I ask the same of John and I'll ask the same of you. You've been on the same circuit. You've had this almost the same sort of timeline. You've had the same sort of um, come up experiences. Why is it now in 2019? Why do you feel you're fighting now? Why hasn't it happened before? Yeah, it's nuts. It's like, um, if, you look, if you look at it, um, I, I was meant to be in a tournament that he was in and I, and I pulled out and then it was like... <clears throat> I went for the Barmer title, he went for the Cage Warriors title, we both fell short, and then we swapped out, he went, uh, he went to Barmer, I went to Cage Warriors, and we, we, I won the title, he won the title, and then uh, we was both signed to the UFC and we was going to fight then, and then he got injured, so it's been, you know, it's been a big roller coaster. like we've both been close to fighting, but not, but you know, but I think it couldn't have happened, you know, unless he was going to do a, a show in Wales, it couldn't have happened at a better time, I think, London. I guarantee you got a big crowd coming. I got a massive crowd coming. Like I said, hundreds of people are talking about it on the internet about this is the fight to watch. Contender for fight of the night before we've even thrown a punch. So, you know, I'm confident. I, like I said to you earlier, you know, I, I walked past John earlier. He got a black guy. I got a black guy. It's like, you know, you know, it's two tough fuckers coming to have a proper scrap when they turn when they turn up already beaten up. Like, so just going back to when you were supposed to have met in the tournament. I know it was years ago, but what happened there? What were you injured? What what why were the, why the pullout? No, I was I was ill. I was re- like, in, in reality, if it was a one one fight night, I probably would have went for it. But knowing that I was due to fight three times in one night, you know, it didn't make sense for me. At the time, I was close to getting signed and stuff, and it was like, well, stepping into a tournament half-hearted with, you know, where you got to win three fights in one night when one's going to be a struggle for you. You know, it wouldn't have made fucking sense to me, and it, I, I don't regret not fighting on that night, to be honest. So. I just want to go back ever so slightly. I remember I've been following you since, obviously, your early days in terms of um, the MMA circuit. And I remember we cut a documentary together. Um, 
And one of the things, one of the key things that was quite prominent in there was your military background. Where are you now in 2009 and 19 in terms of the military and how does that allow you still, if you are indeed still in the military, how does that allow you to become basically a fully fledged mixed martial artist? Yeah, I'm, st I'm still in. I'm still in the 3rd Battalion Parachute Regiment. Um, at the minute, my main role is coaching the boxing team, so obviously I'm getting a lot of training in myself. But like jiu-jitsu and stuff have taken off massively in the army now, whereas years ago there was it wasn't you know there was boxing or you know boxing or rugby that was it. But now is um, it's really it's improved the jiu-jitsu. Some sometimes because of the size-wise, obviously my gym back home's one of the best jiu-jitsu clubs about. But size-wise, I struggle for people my sort of weight. But up in the army, I've actually got a lot of guys, you know, good level, brown, purple, you know, even up to black belt level lads to wrestle with. So, yes, it, it works out fine, really, to be honest with you. Was there, like, a, a push from yourself, um, talking to the UFC, in terms of getting um, some sort of recognition for the troops for Saturday? No, I don't, I, you know, no offence to you, I don't really think they do a lot with the UK troops, you know, I should, like, I've sold loads of tickets to my mates, and now they're all in the army, a lot of my mates have just come back from Afghan, again, the B Company lads, and, um, you know, like, like when I was on the Obama days, and I know it was a lot smaller show, but it was all tickets for troops, and shit like that, and I think it still should be, but, you know, I'm not fucking an iron person to go argue with the UFC about it, but it, it makes sense, wouldn't it? You I mean, imagine how many troops you get. You got, you got a garrison town in Colchester, which is 50 minutes on a train away. You, you know, you get a couple of, couple of hundred troops in here. The atmosphere would be electric. So, yeah, but that's they lost, I suppose. But they'd rather they, <laughs> well, they're earning money off selling the tickets. And just fast forwarding then to Saturday, um, you're obviously coming in with this. Um, with a sense of surely trepidation, you are fighting for your place on the roster. How does it actually end for you? And is there an added sort of like, uh, how can I put it, um, sense of urgency to you actually coming away there with an emphatic win? Yeah, there's not the extra pressure because, like I said to you earlier, before I got signed to the UFC, I had about three or four different fights where it was pretty much common knowledge. Whoever won that fight was going to get signed, and I came 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 second in them. You know what I mean? It was because I was letting the pressure get me. Fighting for my place. Look, I've I've already proved I belong. Yeah, I've had, you know, I've had some good wins. I've had I've had some good fights. You know, like look at Thiago Santos. I dropped him in the first round, and he's he's you know what I mean? He's, he's free fight win streak at, at uh, like heavyweight now, and he's you know what I mean? One of the best guys in the circuit. And I, you know, I mean, I've I got in here with him, put on a good fight. I've, I've proved I belong, yeah. I've 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 proved it. So I'll go outside and prove I definitely belong to be here. So. And how do you prove it? Well, however I want to, I've you know I I got I got a lot of respect for John. We all know, yet to get it with a sledgehammer, you know. But everyone knows that. But I just feel I got a lot more tools. That doesn't mean I gotta take him down. It doesn't mean I gotta box him. It doesn't mean I gotta wrestle with him. But I'll do what I feel like in the fight. I'm. I've got a lot more tools in my in my in my arsenal. I, I feel I feel there's plenty of ways I can win this fight. There's one way he can win this fight. So you know, I got I got to push it out there and go for it. So I don't know if you got the vibe. Maybe it was more prominent when you were there in person. Maybe the fact that he'd literally just got off the treadmill. Maybe it was just the fact that, you know, the, the time at which the interview took place. But I got a very 
how can I put it, a laid back, almost not um, not so much brimming with confidence. And it was almost like a measured sort of response and almost careful in what he was saying. I mean, speaking of careful, one of the things which kind of struck me as a very carefully crafted and constructed reply. I mean, I love Jack, I have to say. I've got, obviously, um, love for both uh, men in the professional f sense. But one of the things which kind of struck me about what Jack was saying was when he said that he was trying to be careful with the fights that he was picking mm -hmm. in the run-up to being signed. Now, the way that I look at that is, are you A, picking your opponent, or are you B, trying to basically avoid a loss? Yeah, yeah. I, I like the fact that you didn't say anything about what um, John had mentioned in regards to him ducking him or whatever. You, you know, you kept it neutral um, just to find out how he'd respond to it. And it yeah. seemed that he, you know, it seemed sort of, yeah, very calculated in terms of like, okay, you know, there was one time or there was a time we were meant to fight in this um, tournament and it was a case of like, do I want to fight that many times in one night? If it was just one fight, maybe. Mm. You know, these and these are things that people are going to run around and saying, okay, you were ducking. That was you ducking the fight. Do you know what I mean? Because you, exactly. you knew what was coming up from beforehand. But we, we weren't there, so we don't know. Um, I'm glad you, you mentioned the, the stuff about the treadmill and it, and it being quite late at night because, yeah, he did seem very much... I was wondering whether it's to do with the weight cut. Like, is he struggling a bit or, you know, but maybe he was really tired and he just didn't, you know, just didn't have the energy for it or something. But hopefully that, that doesn't, that video doesn't, you know what I mean? It isn't, that's not how he's going to be in the cage. <laughs> like, hopefully. No, well, put, put it this way. That's why I say, that's why I say, I think it's fair and full disclosure should be actually brought to bear in that. This was literally him stepping off the treadmill. He'd literally stepped off the treadmill two minutes before I pressed record. Mm. Okay, well, that makes a bit more sense then, because I was a bit like, whoa, he, he doesn't... He didn't even really seem that confident, to be honest, man. Like, it just felt like... And especially after watching um, John Phillips' video, uh, you know, there was such a contrast in the energy and the attitude and even how they were responding to certain things. Um, Again... Again, con context, John had literally come from Nando's. He had just come from his evening meal at Nando's. Oh, right. So really and truly, yeah. different vibe. Yeah. He was out with his friends. He was basically in chill mode. Whereas when you think about it, I mean, you know, who wouldn't be sapped of energy? I mean, I, I watched him on the treadmill. And, you know, like, I don't know about you, when I get on the treadmill, when I'm actually ready to come off, I'm winding down. Mm. No, he was going full pelt until he got mm. off. Okay. Do you see yeah. what I mean? He was really, really so pushing there's it. there's no cool and, down. And, you know, in terms of his weight cut... Was no, he wasn't... There was no cool down period. He just sprinting and... He was going hard. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense which, then. Which, which would explain, as I say, his demeanour. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it, and also, is he with the same team, uh, that same coach that um, John was saying, mentioned to him, that as long as you're on the card, I'll make, you'll never be fighting him sort of thing? That's a good question. I don't know. I, I don't know. He had, he had somebody with mm. him. Um, but whether that was the coach that um, John was talking about, 
I couldn't tell you. I'm going to go with John Phillips. I'm going with John Phillips by knockout or um, TKO. Yeah, I think I'm going to swing the same way because uh, I just feel like John, you know, just that little insight there, it says quite a lot, do you know what I mean? And just the way that uh, Jack was responding regarding um, them previously getting any matchups, it just felt a bit like there's more to it than that. Um, so I'm going to go with John Phillips as well on that one. And I think, yeah, White Mike Tyson might have to come yeah. out of that cage. <laughs> Alright, so up next we got Claudio <laughs> <laughs> Claudio Enrique de Silva against Danny Roberts. Mm. Um as far as I could tell, man, I, I I get it. Like Claudio Oh damn, he's from Shoot Fighters as well. He looks familiar, man. Yeah. You're yeah, brethren. He looks he looks serious, man, and boy. Mm. I mean okay, so he beat Nordin Taleb. Ah, he beat Leon Edwards. Damn. Bradley Scott. Jeez. Ah, okay. That must... He must have been a um, a middleweight before then. I thought he was welterweight. Yeah, but wasn't Bradley Scott a middleweight? Oh, no. He went up to middleweight, didn't he? Yeah, That's yeah, right. Okay, yeah. Not bad. Uh, and he's up against Danny Roberts. Jeez. Danny, yep. uh, mm. was it Hot Chocolate Roberts? Hot Chocolate <laughs> Roberts. Gives me joke with his name, man, with his nickname. I mean, boy, I like Danny, man. Um, he's definitely game. Uh, I do worry he's a bit chinny, though. You know what I mean? He's, he's had a couple... He's been rocked a couple times. Oh, oh pretty, pretty, pretty bad yeah, knockouts. Pretty yeah, pretty bad. Mike Perry really, really, really um, changed his... Uh, Changes his uh, well, basically made him made him crumble. And um, I mean, it looks like uh, from the looks of it, most of um, Claudio's wins are from submission. Are via submission. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a he's a, he's a um, well wrestling stroke jujitsu phenom. He's quite good on mm. the ground, very good on the ground. Whereas Danny, he'll look to keep it on the feet. Which worries me because Danny again, um, his takedown D, his takedown defense isn't nah, that great. Don't nah. get me wrong, it's adequate. But against Claudia Silva, you have to be a little bit more than than yeah, adequate. I definitely remember him uh, getting caught on the ground a few times against certain people. I'm gonna have to go with my uh, with my shoot fighters brethren here, Claudia Enrique de Silva. Um, uh, you know, I do love uh, Danny Roberts, but I think like this guy might have his number on certain situations. But uh, then again, I also f- I-, I watched um, I watched the video where Danny Roberts because he's training at uh, AT and T, right? And yeah, AT and T, ATT, and I saw they, they he's mm. actually he's really working a lot on his wrestling. Um, that's when one thing I saw. They had they were having like this sort of competition, you know, your side of the gym versus my side uh, type thing, and it was yep. really hardcore wrestling, you know, trying to um, just like the amateur style wrestling. Um, and he looked pretty good, like he did look very much more ready for um, the grappling side of things. Um, so I, I could imagine that he he might be able to keep away, but yeah, for the sake of my street fighter man, then otherwise I don't know if I'm gonna get to train there again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for uh, Enrique, man. Sorry, daddy. 
as much as much as I'd like to back Danny, I do see um, Claudio already in his mind's eye. He knows what he needs to do mm. to win this. Obviously, get it to the ground as quickly as possible. He's done it before in terms of the same approach, in terms of the one-dimensional aspect of someone like um, Leon Edwards, who he defeated before. Now, to be honest with you, I, I as I mentioned, I'd love to back Danny, but I have to go with... You know, Claudio, only because I think he knows yeah, how to do this. Yeah, I think yeah. he knows how to secure this yeah, win. Same, man. So next up, Nathaniel yeah, Wood boy. versus Jose Alberto Quinones. Prospect, man, back again. He's becoming a fan favourite. Mm. It's beautiful to see this guy's rise in the UFC. I mean, this is only his third fight, but it feels like he's been in there for a damn near three, four years now. You know what I mean? He's already... His followership is just rose, and uh, you got so many people talking about him, um, man. And, and you know, it's not th just the fact that you know he's a uh, obviously homegrown talent, but he's winning it with you know in a fashion like TKOs, submissions, you know, crazy on the stand up. He he fights through adversity as well, uh, and you know what I mean. It's like the 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 excitement that Brad Pickett would bring. You know what I mean? But just younger and probably a bit, a little bit more footwork. <laughs> see what I mean? You see, I, I would expect nothing less considering the stock that he's coming from. I would expect mm. nothing less from Brad Pickett's protege. I would guarantee you that Nathaniel has had it drummed into him. Look, you cannot be a one-dimensional mm. fighter. His stand-up is phenomenal. His footwork is amazing. But equally, he's deadly mm. on the ground. So... I mean, this is, for me, is a no-brainer. I see Nathaniel Wood taking this either by submission or a real vicious knockout. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right there. Um, like, I really enjoy watching Jose Quinones all the time as well. I watched him on the um, mm. the Tough uh, Mexico. Did you see that? No, I didn't think so. No, I didn't Yeah, see I didn't it. think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm like one of the only, yeah, I mean, the 3% of the planet that still watched the ultimate fighter but anyway with oh, wow. um the thing about jose though he's more of a volume guy he's not necessarily a knockout guy either um but very mm. much um, nice on the stand-up i still feel he's got a bit to work on he's he's definitely um doing well though because he's he's won his last four fights but um just off the back of like nathaniel's a finisher you know he 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 really does come out to finish um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to go with him again, um, as usual. Just because I'm, a, uh, I think I'm a bit more of a fan of him than I am Jose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now we've had sort of like the passing of the torch in terms of the poster boy status. For me, even though um, you know we do have a poster boy in the UFC, and that is Jimmy Manuel. I do think that there's a potential here for Nathaniel Wood to be London's poster you, boy. Because it's he's almost the as though the, David the, the kind of torch... Is that what you're trying to say? you saying that? that he's the UFC's David Beckham? I think so. <laughs> I really do believe that... I really do believe for UFC London, he does fit the bill. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, what you're echoing is, is what we've been saying, man. It's like, it's, it's Brad Pickett 2.0. Because he's such an exciting fighter, um, 
Yeah. Know, people just want to see him. Do you know what I mean? It's like no one wants to... N- n- like, people know you're going to tune in and enjoy it, win or lose sort of thing. This guy's been winning, though, um, so far quite a bit in the UFC. And um, so, yeah, man, uh, I-, I see exactly what you're talking about. I think a lot of other people are seeing it as well. Um, like I said, his followership is just growing and growing, man. And uh, yeah, Massively. I can see more happening for him for sure. So you're going with Nate as well? Mm. I'm going to Fanewood all day. I just hope that after this fight, after he knocks out Jose Alberto Quinones, that he changes that moniker. Let's get rid of the prospect. Maybe. Okay, so Volkan Uzdemir versus Dominic Reyes. Yeah, I'm going in with Dominic Reyes, man. This guy is just... hes It's almost like he's come out of nowhere. Uh, okay, you know, LFA, let's be fair. hes But he's just come out and yeah. really made a name for himself, man. Like, uh, what was mm. it? Let me see. Yeah, so three, that, that was it. So he's had three first-round finishes, and then his last one was a, a unanimous decision. Over Ovin St. Prue, man, a crafty veteran. That's one of them guys where it's like, you know, you put him, anyone in front of him uh, that's new, that's fresh, is really going to be put to the test because he's a sneaky guy. And uh, Dominic Reyes managed to get a a unanimous decision win over him. And for me, the the other fact Mm. as well, reason why I'm leaning to Dominic is because Volkan, um, I don't know where his his, uh, confidence is at at the moment because he came in with such hype and then it seems to have all gone a bit more downhill since the um, sort of Cormier loss which was TKO yeah you know he's been knocked out and then um, oh then it was a submission after that but that was off of punches from Anthony Smith and so for me it's the thing of like this his last fight was less than three or four, what was it October, so what's that yeah. four or five months ago? Where you know, and you already got clobbered around a bit, and then your fight before that was only a few months. That was like the January of 2018. Um, Dominic Reyes yeah. hits hard. I will let you do the maths, man. <laughs> I let you do the best. That's why I'm joining you. Yeah. It's a no-brainer for me. Yeah. Dominic Reyes hits like a yeah, truck. It's, a... it's kind of I I would think anybody betting against Dominic Reyes, especially like you say, where you know what we've seen happen to Vulcans. Well, fast ascension. Um, I just can't see him getting past mm. Dominic Reyes. Yeah, I, I find it, it hard. I, I think if he hadn't want, lost his last couple fights as well. It, it wouldn't, but mm. it's just like, man, it, you know, they were pretty bad losses as well, man. So, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. we'll see how it goes. I'm sure it's going to be a really good fight anyway, regardless. Um, both heavy hitters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'd say Dominic probably got a bit of footwork a bit, a little bit quicker as well. Um, but next up, man, the co-main event. Boy, the co-main event, bruv. Imagine this. This is the co-main event. Mm. Leon Edwards versus Gunnar Nelson. This could easily be a main event. If they were like, yeah, UFC... Uh, fight night in London and they were like yeah headlined by Gunnar Nelson versus Leon Edwards no one would be like oh man like, you know so this is the co-main and I don't know who to pick I honestly <laughs> I, can't, really? I can't work it out because how is that possible well well I mean the thing is man I feel like Leon Edwards has been coming <laughs> he's been um, he's just there's some fire lit underneath him 
Uh, I don't know when it happened. It's hard for me to figure out exactly when it happened, but a fire has been lit underneath him. I guess since the loss to um, Kamara Usman. And then he's just been on a tear, man. He's been Definitely. on a six-fight win streak. Yeah. You know, beating the likes of Donald Cerrone. Um, Brian Barberena, man, he's not an easy guy to beat. We learned that uh, what recently, innit? Who was it he fought, man? That was the fight of the night, and it was crazy. Uh, who did he fight, Brian Barberena? Because I was just like, man. Oh, yeah, that's it, Vincent Luque. Crazy fight. I wish he kind of seemed to be taken towards the end. It would just pit a pat of shots, but then Luque just came back and knocked him out, man. And, and you know, and that's quite hard to do. I mean, uh, you know, Leon Edwards didn't do that. He he won by unanimous decision. But still, to be able to do that for me, and on top of that, he beat Vincent Luque, the, the guy that <laughs> knocked out Brian Barberini. He beat him before that fight. Um, so, you know, yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot behind him, a lot of momentum, momentum behind him, um, especially um, beating Cowboy um, in a five-rounder. That was a five-rounder, wasn't it? Um, unanimous decision. Yeah, so yeah, it was. Yeah. That's why I find decision. it hard. And, and the other reason is because, man, um, Gunnar Nelson, man, <laughs> you never know with this guy. You know, like, the way he beat Cowboy, uh, his last fight was crazy. Like, I was not expecting it like that. And and I'm sure now he's got a bit of a fire lit underneath him, um, you know, ever since that. So that's why I'm finding it tricky. I, th- I feel like uh, if Leon plays it right, he can win this. But I, I, I know Gunner's really a, tr- he's a, he's a you know, tricky guy, man. He's a tricky dude. And... Um, not only is he a tricky dude, he's got some serious weapons. He's got that karate stance and that karate style of, of attack, which you rarely see in the octagon, but it is so effective. Because essentially what he's doing is setting up the takedown. But he's setting up the takedown to an extent where he could quite easily just stand and right. trade with you. But that's why I say, when, uh, when you mentioned you know, you, that you, you find this a tricky one, I just think it's kind of clear cut. He's had this style of fight over and over again. He knows what to do against someone who effectively is. I mean, don't get me wrong, love Leon and everything, but someone who effectively is one-dimensional. That's the thing, but Leon's got good takedown, and even on the ground, he's quite good at, get, good at getting up, man. Like, you watch his fights, he's actually quite good at getting up. Uh, who was it that had him on the ground a lot? I think it was Cerrone. Yeah, but you can't afford to be on the ground yeah, true. in the Nelson. True. Not with his jiu-jitsu skills. Once he gets you to the ground, it is over. He's like an anaconda. True. That is true. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, uh, you know, his last, what? It's <laughs> like six, seven, eight, nine, maybe 10, 11, 12 wins were by some form of submission. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to sit here and act like that's not true. But I just feel like Rocky, I feel like Leon's got, uh, there's a certain, like I said, man, there's a, there's a I, w- I was about to say a match lit underneath him. That would be quite painful. But yeah, I feel like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> He's just on fire at the moment, man. And um, so it is really hard for me to pick. I think, okay, I'll say it like this. If, if Gunner wins, it will be, if Gunner wins, it will be like a submission in first or second round. 
Um, but if it goes to third round, I think Leon Edwards has got it. Um, I think it's going to be hard for him to knock out um, Gunnar Nelson, but uh, you know it could be possible. I think it'll be TKO if anything. So let me say because I know what you're going to say. Oh, you're sitting on the fence. Sitting on the fence is quite painful. So let me get off of it. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to say Leon Edwards by TKO third round. I'm going Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson by submission. I think in the all right, second. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Mm. Right then. So that gets us to this one, which I, me, myself, and I again, I'm still struggling to work out who wins this one. We got Darren Till, the gorilla Till, yeah? Um, yeah. Right. Where do we start, man? 17 and 1. Um, it's funny, man. They're both the same height, apparently. But oh, is it the same height? Or the... Darren looks yeah, so much he just bigger, looks Way though. bigger, man. It's like he's got a massive wingspan. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. But then the, apparently their length is similar. Like they've still got a similar um, mm. reach. Sorry. There was a picture that I saw of him standing next to Jimmy Manua. Now, bearing in mind, Darren Till is a welterweight. Jimmy Manua is a light heavyweight. He looked bigger Serious? than Jimmy Manua. Obviously, he wasn't cutting weight at that time. Yeah. But it just shows you how much he's cutting down from it just shows you yeah. how big he is now rehydrated okay he's not going to be as big as probably you know light heavyweight but damn he's going to use that to his mm. advantage for sure his size yeah I, I i i like i just find it hard to see as much as i think jorge yes gamebridge the dudes fight backyard brawler you know he doesn't really get yeah. knocked out as such um, but it's just yeah most of the time when he loses it's to do it's a decision thing um, but I, 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 man I just find it hard to see him getting on the inside of Till with the way two meals, Till moves about um, as well as the fact that uh, I think Till uses his length a bit better you know what I mean like his reach a little bit better he's also got kicks but um, Masvidal's just crafty, man. He's good at catching the kicks as well, isn't it? He's good at Big catching time. and countering them kicks. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, man, I don't like uh, you know. I don't see he's on he's on a two fight losing streak, but I don't see him being one of them guys that will get um, cut by the UFC if he loses. Mm. But nah, it's too exciting. Just off the back of the excitement that I think it would bring to the world weight division. If he was in the mix as well, I, yeah. I, I, I'd like to see him win. You know, I don't want to see Darren Till lose, um, but I don't, you know, I think I'd prefer to see Masvidal get up there. He's in, I think Till's still got some time to um, progress. I, I think he's still got to do some work as well, like work out whether he really wants to stay at welterweight or not, uh, for one, because it seems like mm. that, that whole, he did, he did a relatively good job of, you know, as much as he could. Everyone was asking him about the weight all the time. And it seems like the weight is a really big issue from the fact that everyone's asking you all the time and then you're still struggling with it. Yeah. Just off the back of them asking you, for me, it was like, ah, oh, right, okay. I don't think he should be. And you look at the size of him, man. Anyway. Um, it's funny you talk about the size because you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of... Uh, coming back out party 
it's obvious that Jorge Masvidal is tailor-made for Darren Till to shine. And I always look at the psychology of a fighter. I always look at what a fighter says. I look at the demeanor and I look at basically the way in which they structure their words around um, their call-outs, for example. And it struck me as kind of odd that Jorge Masvidal was begging for a fight and he saw this as an opportunity to have a scrap. Not because he saw it as a way to get back to a win. Just by his rhetoric, it seemed like it was a way of getting back mm. on the payday. I, 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 I think Jorge's a really smart guy, yeah? I think he sees that there's a lot of hype around Till. I think he also sees that yeah. um, Till didn't, you know, and we don't know why, but he didn't really look like he knew what to do once he was on his back as well. Um, nah. So I'm sure mm. for one, I mean, they're, they're, I couldn't believe, <laughs> did you see the face off with them two? I was like, what is this, yeah. man? Like, <laughs> they might as well be on the beach, like drinking Mai Tais together and, you know what I mean? Getting massages. It, it was mad it was tame. tame. It was properly like, okay, I, mm. I feel like someone in the, whoever decided like, yeah, we should get them to face off. was like, man, that was, what was the point in that? We might as well have just done it on Skype. Like, we didn't need to fly. <laughs> he wanted to just sit there and go, oh, I can't wait for it, man. Yeah, man, I think he's a good fighter. And yeah, man, yeah. Like, I, I'm sure they expected a bit more shit talk, but regardless, we know that once they get in there, it's going to be on. And it, and it's interesting what like you're talking about mm. with the with the sizes as well, because Satil looks like a mid uh, middleweight, right? 185-er. Um, so he's more or less a middleweight guy, like, fighting um, at welterweight. And then remember, Masvidal's actually a lightweight guy that's gone up, like, same as Cowboy and all that. So it's yeah, interesting that yeah. they meet in the middle mm. uh, and now we get to see like, okay, what makes more sense. For me, I think Masvidal's side makes more sense. It makes it more sense that I can just eat what I want. I don't have to worry too much about cutting the weight and I can focus more on um, yeah. my cardio, more on my, um, you know, sharpening my tools as opposed to worrying about where, you know, how much, how many peanuts I can eat before I go to bed or do you know what I mean? Whereas Till, he's still going to have to be watching that weight thing. And regardless of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did, I did it last time, so I now have to do it now. It's still going to be the same struggle that he's had to deal with. And I, I think and I think Jorge 100%. knows that as well. And he's a body guy, you know what I mean? He knows how to get inside on the body. The only thing I think is that Till hits really hard. And if he keeps um, Jorge on the outside, he could connect, but... Like I said, I don't think it'll be any knockout. I think it'll be TKO kind of thing, but it's quite possible. But man, I just I can't wait to see this fight. <laughs> Regardless, right? Like this is such a good matchup. So, so what our picks? Yeah, I'm going I'll go with Darren Jorge. Till. Jorge Masvidal. Now, in in terms of the way that I see Darren finishing this, I, I've got a feeling this might just go to yeah, yeah, the decision. Jorge. I just can't see him finishing him. It He's not a guy that gets finished, uh, finished that easily. Uh, you know, like, he's come from the backyard brawling, man. He, You know, if you see, like, he's one of them guys. It's very subtle, very, like, you know, it's only once you kind of understand a bit more and you're like, wow, this guy, he sees a lot of things, man, very quickly. 
And um, like I'm, I'm really into like I, you know, I watch slow mo. So I'm like, wow, did that happen? How did that happen? And I rewind it and then watch it slow just to see exactly. Yeah. And like he yeah. sees some stuff where you're like, wow, that's some that's damn near superhuman. All I could think is that's off the back of having so many fights. Like he's got a massive record anyway. He's got damn near uh, what? Yeah, he's got forty something fights. Forty five fights. That's in the cage. We don't even know how many he's had in people's backyards. Do you know what I mean? And Backyard with all that fights, yeah. comes, uh, obviously, just learning. He's, he's learning a lot how how to move out of the way, how to how to um, counter. And so, yeah, I, I think just off the back of all of that, for me, and, it, and he just fought um, Stephen Thompson as well, which he never, he didn't, you know, yeah. it wasn't really a bad loss. It was a unanimous decision. But it wasn't like he was getting um, chiefed up or anything. He wasn't really getting beaten up badly, in my opinion. <clears throat> and I think if you um, Wonder Boy is quite similar in terms of, in terms of size and and length to um, Darren Till, so he's already coming off the back of that. I mean, as a while mm. ago, to be fair, but um, you know, I, 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 like yeah, I have some faith in uh, in Masvidal for sure, man. But uh, yeah, I won't be mad if if Till wins. You know, either way, I think it's uh, definitely going to be a fun fight, man. So we're the winners here. They thought it's the, the viewers are going to be the winners, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Well, that about wraps up this episode mm-hmm. of the Wocast. Join us next time. But until then, make some trouble. Yeah, man. Peace out, mother lovers.